This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is a public service announcement on behalf of the Pizza Crouch podcast from me, Pizza Crouch. I'd like to address the fact that Dave seems to have gone missing. Um, he hasn't gone missing. Uh, he's in fact on holiday. Uh, he then informed us that uh, he has a proper job away from this podcast, stats and what have you. Um, he's currently parching the Bundesliga as we speak, and we wish him well in that. I'd like to announce that I've extended the loan period of the Notorious SID until the end of the season. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. Hello and welcome back to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, Peter Crouch, uh, Chris Stark and the Notorious SID are with me. Um, and a special guest today, Mr. Rio Ferdinand. You okay, mate? You doing, mate? I'm good. Great I'm good. Microphone? He's <laughs> <laughs> gone for the beer I, first. Do you know, I love Rio. I <laughs> sorry, love sorry. There we go. Rio's, Rio's got this podcast nailed. He reaches for the beer before the microphone. <laughs> I've seen it. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> the priority is that. Right, so this is good because we said this, um, we wanted to reconnect you guys. Um, we're doing something called the Lost and Found Challenge, and it's all about getting people to reconnect with old teammates, old mates, that kind of thing, over a lost lager, which is what we're drinking today. Um, and Crouchy, you reached out to Rio, and Rio's here. This is good news. It's good news, good news. Like I say, we're all season we work on BT together. You know, in the summer, we don't see enough of each other. No, that's true. We, we did have one couple of days of each other in Portugal last summer. We did. Didn't we? Uh, Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> Escalation. With a family. We've reconnected well. <laughs> <laughs> we went out as, as family. We started there oh, yeah. as family. I look at the kids. And by the end of it, don't know where the kids were. Yeah. Scattered yeah. on the beach somewhere. Sc- Love that. That's a good day. A lot of fun. Well, just to get us all warmed up for this, um, what the guys who have done is they've done a little quiz. It's almost like a, a Mr. and Mrs. quiz. Okay. I don't know if you boys want to take part in this just to kick things off. But it's just, I'd like nothing more. Chris. I'm sure you wouldn't. All right, let's start with you, Rio. So these are questions about Crouchy. Let's see how many you get right here. How many trophies did Crouchy win in his career? Oh, I've got one. (laughs) Was he at Portsmouth when they won it? Was he at Spurs when they won it? I'm going to go four. Going four. Sids, what would you go with there? I was going to go two. Two, it's two. Mm. Is it? That's Sids. Where, 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 Where did you win them? FA Cup. I can't remember the other one. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you counting the Community Shield? We're coming with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the wiki, isn't it? It's on wiki. I lost two big ones, I to be fair. Um, all right, which team did Crouchy score the most goals for? I can give you options if you want. Go on, options, please. Stoke, Liverpool or Portsmouth? Uh, 
Oh, that's tough. I'm going to go Stoke. You're right. Yeah. It's Stoke. Well played, Rio. Um, okay, what did Crouchy not do when playing for England against Jamaica in 2006? All right, what did he not do? Options. Score a hat-trick, do the robot, miss a Penenka, pick up two yellow cards. Amazing options. Well, I'd not do. So yeah. three of them are... He didn't, he didn't pick up two yellow cards. That's it. Well done, Rio. I was there. I played that game. Yeah, yeah. What about the Penenka? That was oh. a nightmare, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky you scored a hat-trick, though, isn't no. it? Oh. You know what? Because I never scored an England hat-trick. Can you imagine... Scoring two and then Penenka in one over the bar, never oh. getting an England. Yeah, That's a bit like a Gary Gary uh, Lineker moment when it, on the yeah. to break the record, oh, wasn't it? Break the record. He tried a Penenka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember there? that Penenka when it happened? Yeah, I was shouting. What are you fucking doing? Pissed man? off. I got a lot yeah. of abuse, <laughs> like from obviously senior pros like Rio, but also I remember Steve McLaren pulled me as well. Said, you know, stop dicking about. Can't do that in England, chat. Nah. You got, must have said, listen, I've got a hatchet, man, relax. Yeah. And we won six or something, <laughs> didn't we? Yeah. You've done quite well there, Rio, actually. It does seem like you boys know each other quite well. What about um, questions for you, Pete, about yeah. Rio? Let's okay. see how many you get right here. How many goals did Rio score in his career? Do you want options? Options, please, yeah. Eight, 16 or 21? This is where Rio corrects whatever he said here. Anyway. I, won't, I ain't got a clue, I've got to be honest. <laughs> I know it. I, yeah, go on, go on. I'll leave it on. I won't say nothing. Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. yeah. Bang on. It's poor, really. I remember, I, a really belter, I remember one at uh, Old Trafford, the yeah. one where you oh. back and oh. left chucker against Liverpool. Liverpool. I was. Uh, I scored quite, well, most goals against Liverpool. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. I was, really. I was on the Judy that game. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a great question. How much did Rio recently claim he'd be worth in today's transfer market if he was in his prime? Ooh. Oh, options. I did, I did hear this. Options. Okay. Yeah. 80 mil, yeah. 120 mil, or 170 mil? I reckon he's got 120 mil. You've been conservative there. 170 yeah. oh, million. You'd always go for. big. Yeah. Oh, Gotta no. go big, innit? <laughs> Fuck them. Stand by it. <laughs> I'm all over it. <laughs> The Saudi market's open. You know what I mean? The Saudi market's open. The Saudi market is the market open. Is open for business very quickly. The I wonder Steven... if they do podcasts. Over there. <laughs> That's a great shout. Oh. Well, you never know, do you? Please, can we do a reveal vid like the yeah, Gerard yeah. one? Yeah. It was just no. wonderful. That. <laughs> uh, all right, last question. How many minutes to the nearest thousand did Rio play for United? Thirty thousand minutes. Forty thousand minutes. 50,000 minutes. That's hard to compute. Yeah, I can't Well, I just can't compute that. So, uh, I'm going to say 50,000. It was, it was 40,000. Okay, all right. So, on the balance of things, Rio knows you a bit better than you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more interested in Crouch than he is in me. Is that what we're saying? That's basically it. You're okay. a bigger fan. Yeah. He's a bigger fan. <laughs> but at least we're connecting and that's what it's all about so there you have it what a wonderful real life friendship that we've all just witnessed blossom there <laughs> but the big question what about you and your mates we want to see some more entries from you guys for our lost and found challenge get sending in your selfies videos or voice notes of you and a mate that you've reconnected with I know it all feels a bit awkward this reconnecting with someone from your past but why not give it a go and thanks to Brewdog we're going to send the best ones a 48 pack of lost lager just email in to peter.cross at acast.com include your address and we can send you potentially one of these 48 packs of lost lager we're just going to work out the story that we like the most terms and conditions will of course apply and you can find them over at brewdog.com forward slash crouch 
So yeah, we've established we know Pete a little bit better than the other way around. Should we crack on with the podcast though? Yeah, let's yeah, already. This is what we're it. here for. Let's go. Well, do you know what, Ree? We had uh, we had Julian Dix on the other day. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, you come through at West Ham. Uh, he was he spoke about because I said to him, of all the years you played at West Ham, who was the one player that come up, come over from the youth team and and you thought right, it, like he's gonna be a player, and he said you. Oh, did he? Yeah. He said, out of all them, Frank, everyone who came over, he said you were the one that was he knew. Described you as a Rolls Royce. Yeah. It's Oof. weird, yeah, because I swear, as a, so in Chad Belief, the training ground you used to have like the first team training on the on the main pitch there, and we were on the pitch like yards away. So if there's an injury or someone didn't or whatever happened, got someone got sent in or something, mm. it just called Harry would call a youth team player over, and you'd be begging that it was you. But the pressure, the walk from that, it's like oh. going to a penalty in a full oh. stadium for a big game. The walk from that youth team pitch to yeah. the first team pitch used to like some would shrivel on the way over mm. and wouldn't even like legs couldn't even get them there almost. And one of the main reasons was Dixie because he was a ruthless bastard. Sorry, was he? he was so like, can we swear on it? Yeah, yeah. He was like, I see kids come over sometimes when I when I was like in I was in the team then or in the squad, and the kids would come over and you do and go oh, for fuck's sake, what's the, he's coming over? He's like oh. raw. Like and like young, before the, yeah. Before they even touched the ball, I oh, uh, send him back. Oh, he can't have it. Not on my team. Like mad shouts like that, and you're thinking, right? Normally a young player needs an arm around the shoulder. Come on, somewhere, all right. Come on, jump, get in. One or two touch, first pass. Come on, right? It was just ruthless. So <laughs> on the way over, I was thinking, please, your first touch, please, Dix, play it nice, Dixie. You look at Dixie for a little reaction, but he never give you nothing. It was yeah. a cold. Hard bastard. Oh, yeah, was, that, was that a case of like, similar to what you said at Liverpool when you was going there and yeah. not really in, impressing Rafa? It was more Stevie. And yeah. Ja so was that one of the ones where just get yourself through the first couple just to literally impress? Yeah. Dixie say he's not on your back. Yeah. Just I don't want than... I don't want any negative energy from Dixie, <laughs> please, like because he was like he was so cold. I didn't even expect him to, to when I saw him turn up as a coach somewhere. I was like, this guy is a, he's like a walking contradiction because he used to sit there. I remember Christmas do it rollerball in in uh, Romford one time. Right? <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> remember rollerball? Our <laughs> 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 things have moved on, son. <laughs> what a gaff, seriously. <laughs> Used to go there and sit on the, on, the, in on the thingy, right? And we was in there having a few drinks as the first, the starter for the Christmas do, and everyone come in like um like fancy dress, and he didn't, he wouldn't wear it. Turned up, I don't know, I think he turned up in his normal gear, and like lads were like, "What's that? Why? What are you doing?" So you, you like him, my mates, just acquaintances. Wow. Yeah, like it was so raw, I, and then I see him turn up as a a, a coach. One of the lads, I went to West Ham, I trained one time, just messing about with Slavin when he was there, and he was a coach, Dixie. He was so nice, warm, as you have to be as a coach. It was just such a contrast to the person that I, I, I grew up thinking, for, please let him think I'm half decent as a player. So oh, wow. to hear that, that makes me happy. Yeah, because like, yeah. obviously I, I imagine he'd never, ever praised you, right? So I wouldn't know like, how good he thought I was. Ever. Yeah, yeah. And he said you were the one. That, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that surprised you. Yeah, we had some good yeah, kids Yeah, but no praise there. is a good thing from him then by the sounds of it. You're yeah. saying if you're getting hammered yeah. for one of a better phrase, mm. then you If you're just saying nothing, that's, that's probably, praise in yeah, itself. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. A Rolls Royce at seventeen. That's some yeah, praise. Yeah. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm amazed by that. That um, sort of having to get approval from a key player in a team. And, and you're right, Sid. Crouchy's talked about it. With, Sorry, um, you got to remember Dixie, right? The manager couldn't even tell him what to do. Yeah. Harry, Harry couldn't even like. We'd go out, and the, all the players would walk out, right? And then the manager would go right, do two laps of the whole training ground as you warm up, jog. We're going around, Dixie, is as we're going around, he's walking out with a bag of balls, his own bag of balls, and just starts smashing penalties 
into the net, no goalkeeper on his own while we're doing <laughs> Do all what he wants. Like, who does that? He was he was fantastic at penalties. To be fair, like, mental, mental. So it's just so different. I wish we'd have done this before uh, we interviewed oh, Julian. Yeah. Seriously, oh, he never what? used to. He never used to uh, go out for the warm up in a game. I like, imagine you send the team out warm up. He's getting in a hot bath. Just do you know, know what else he said? He said that he goes to visit the old grounds. Uh, he'll Park. just he'll go to Upton Park and just drive there and stand outside, just just different. on a day yeah. off. The best one about him was that other than when Al Berkovich got his head kicked off by Johnny Arson and he was laughing. Dixie was laughing. Was he? Like, he, he, he could have gone A&E, right? But he... Um, what, 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 what one was it again? The Terminator, wasn't he? Yeah, he was an unbelievable player as well. Good player. Sorry, me and um, mm. Frank used to room together. So Clubs now got a lot of money. Everyone's got their own room. Back in the day, we always used to room together. Mm. So it's me and Frank was walking through a corridor at an away game to go to the game in the morning. So it was about... It must have been about 12 at 12 lunchtime. Saturday, three o'clock kickoff, walking through the corridors, hotel room, there's a door open. Go in and have a look. It's where it's Dixie and, and uh, used to room with Slavin Bilic. But what do they what do they do? Like the senior players, we're the young ones. What how do the, just the older players? What's their rooms like when they leave it? Do they clean up? Do they leave it messy? Just poked our heads in there. Beds are all over the gaff. And there was an ashtray on the, on, on the middle bit, bit, like the middle um, little table between the two beds. Ashtray full of ash and cigarettes, a JD bottle <laughs> gone, and and loads of coke, about half full coke bottle. They'd done a bottle of JD together the night before a game. Wow! Seven Billich, who's a manager, and Dixie, who's a coach. Wow! Unreal. <laughs> that like, is incredible. But like like that time at West Ham, like I suppose it, it felt like a tough environment. Yeah, with those players like John Moncur, like all the characters there when you John, were coming through. Dixie, John Moncur, Hartson. Ian Dowie, John Artson, um, Steve Lomas was hard. Mm. Um, Ian Bishop, all massive drinkers. Mm. Um, then you had Wrighty came a little bit later as well. Um, who else? Quite a tough. They were kind the main ones. Even Alva Martin at the beginning as well. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of like loud big characters it was a lot of the wrong the, the not the right way to go about having a prolonged career at the top yeah, a lot yeah. of the stuff they'd done but me and frank used to get on the coach yeah when we were like 17 18 go away trips and we used to sit like say for instance we were sat here our seats were here then the, the gangways there to get to the back we were just before the back like you know the uh, booth mm, yeah. used to have at the back mm. but that's where all them big guys that i mentioned used to be in there they were fully loaded with like beer wine JD yeah. on the way to an away game on the Saturday. So Friday afternoon, like, mm. like I've seen players fall off the, the king, team coach when we get to Manchester or something. I just think, me and Frank just think, right, one day we're going to be in there. <laughs> one day, one day we're going to be in there doing that with them guys. Like, it'd be unbelievable. Uh, wow. That's how it was though with them clubs yeah, at the time, yeah, wasn't it? But you yeah. were at such a transitional time in, in the game, it feels, mm. in that you saw the old school Crouchy often talks about it and Sid's, you said the same, but like, it, it's you, you sort of saw the old school and you saw that bit of football and then you were also there when the money was really coming mm, into it mm. and the game was turning not more mm. professional but well, for the better to, wasn't to, it? it was different standards I, I, I like when we played because I like that whole kind of journey of yeah. seeing that yeah. and then coming out of that and then going to the to the other way and obviously having a good career off the back of that it's a bit like, sterile now I find yeah. it a little mm. bit like the 
it's a little bit straight. Like, that's why Jack Grealish, everyone loves him. Yeah. Because he's like, he is like what we were probably like in our time, but he's like every geezer down the pub yeah. now sits and goes, that's 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 how I'd react to But you can yeah. relate to it, can't yeah. you? Like I look I, I like players who, who play with a smile on their face. I look at Declan Rice, mm. Saka, mm. uh Grealish. Yeah. Like they're the ones I want you want to see them do well. well a lot yeah. of the England players, when they're playing together, play with a smile, mm. right? Which is arguably from mm. looking at outside as a fan. Maybe a different experience to what you boys had. Well, that's a different time, isn't it? Like, if you yeah. think about the England squad now, they all look like they're Happy enjoying it. There, and yeah. like, whereas probably our time, it felt like it was like kind of the weight yeah, was, just, was. We on, had a bad us. relationship with like the fans, with the media. Yeah, so it was like you so were fighting. Yeah, you it? were fighting against like all of that. Forget the results or the opposition. Mm. You were fighting against all of that walking in there. Mm. So people were trudging into mm. the camps. Whereas these boys, you see they the social it. medias, they're bouncing out the car. Where's my bag? Yeah. Get me in there. Whereas mm. we weren't really like that. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. You when you're coming through at West Ham, like obviously you're you're making waves as a young player. Did you ever have the opportunity to go somewhere like when you when you were young? Or did you kind of break through at West Ham? You were always gonna play for West Ham in the first team and did you see that as your route? No, I was like when you have that it's different now. You used to have that like uh, when you're just leaving school, you have the opportunity to sign for a team like whether it be when we were younger, you could go to like, there was no compensation. So if I've been at West Ham for four years now as a kid, mm. and I want to go and play for like Man United as a kid, there's like, you've got to pay compensation for every mm. year you've been there. It amounts to a lot of money. Whereas when we were younger, you make a decision, then it's just like, okay, I've made a decision to go there. I'm going to go and that's it. So I had like Millwall, Charlton, most of the London clubs really, Chelsea, other than Spurs and Arsenal. Uh, Middlesbrough, Norwich, a few teams I could have gone to. So, uh, so what made you choose, what made you choose West Ham? Just the, the pitch, it was, we're going to invest in young players and we don't want to spend money in the transfer market. We want to bring this group of players from your age group and, and, and below into the first team. We, we haven't brought a player through since, like, one who's been a regular since probably Paul Ince, maybe. Tony Cotty vibes. Danny Williamson's played a little bit, but not a fully-fledged regular. So we want to really make you play. But you must hear that quite a lot. Like, I, didn't hear that. A lot I, didn't, I didn't hear that from any other, other club. Because it's incredible because they did actually follow through with it. Mm. And I remember being at those games and I look at that team that was there and I remember you guys all celebrating and me being me me being there watching. And I look back now and it was you. It would have been Carrick. Carrick mm. was Slightly a bit younger. after. It would be a bit younger. It was me, Frank. Yeah. Frank. Lee Hodges was yeah. an unbelievable player. Best England yeah. player around the under-15s. Yeah. Emmanuel Miami, who made his debut as well. Neil Finn, youngest goalkeeper at the time. Mm. Um, about four or five from my age group and a year above come through. So they through. stuck to their word on that. But then you had like Carrick, Joe Cole, mm. yeah. Glenn Johnson, Defoe, mm. my brother. Like, yeah, ridiculous. Do you, do you hear that buzz of like, when you're when you're in the first team now, you and Frank, and then do you hear that buzz of what's happening underneath yeah. with, Defoe, with those boys? Defoe only, and Joe only, Cole. It was only Joe Cole was the main one you heard about. Yeah. And then... then um, Carrick was like, he, he's got a potential, but Coley was like, stand out, the best young player in the country at the time. Mm. So the buzz was like Wayne Rooney vibes coming through, phenomenal. And then Defoe after, because he come from Charlton, everyone was like, there was a buzz around him. Mm. I, I just want to touch on starting out when you was in Peckham, you know, that because that, mm. there's a big thing, isn't there? That obviously you've done, you done a documentary, didn't you, about yeah. the South London footballers that come, come through to convey about. It's a, there's a big batch, isn't there, that come through. When you was coming through, was you seen to all the others that you was the one that was going to make it? And how tough was it to make it growing up in that environment as well? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's... Um, on my estate, I, I hung around with like... I was probably always two years minimum younger than all my mates. Like average probably three, four years younger than most of my mates. So I was never the best player on my estate. It was always the older boys, obviously. Yeah. They're going to be better, stronger, quicker, etc. 
But by the time I got to like 14, 15, I started becoming like shoulder to shoulder with a lot of these older players in, on my estate. And I used to think, I'm playing Sunday football, district football against players that ain't as good as the boys on my estate. That's all we used to think. Mm. So I used to think like there was one one particular guy called Gavin, who's my one of you know Gavin yeah, from Gav, Dijon, yeah, yeah. He was the best player on our estate, really? like ridiculous technique and skills and that. But he just never made it for whatever reason. And then obviously you hit the front at like 15, you're at a pro club, getting talked about England trials and all that stuff. And then your mates start, that's when you get protected. Because mm. if you're there's one of you on your estate who they think's got a chance, and they're about 15 years old, I was that guy. When there's trouble, you get pushed like where you get sit over there, you go over there, yeah. yeah. Or you get to like you get leeway and certain you can join certain games and that mm. that you'd never have got if you didn't play football. Mm. My age boys weren't doing that. So football was like a protective blanket almost for me, which I was. So that lucky. was the original scouting in a way. It was it was people in the estate, was it? Just sort of protecting you because they knew you were going on to something. Yeah, they um That's pretty special. Yeah, it is. And I don't even think anyone thinks about it. You don't really think, you don't really know what you're doing as, as kids, but it's just they, they know. And also, my dad was quite a hard geezer, like a hard guy on my estate. He was like militant, kind of don't talk, but they knew if something happens with Rio, who's accountable? Mm. So oh, they kind right. of, there was that as well. So I was lucky I had that. Not many of the kids had that on my estate. Mm. How good's that grounding? You know, because I obviously, different side of London, but <clears> like in Bow, like with Ledley King and Ashley Cut, like um, mm. a couple of times with Led, I played. Uh, in the cage, right? Mm. In Vaux. Uh, uh, wow, you got to be a player <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. You, you find out be, very quick. Yeah, you got to be a player <laughs> to not get your head to go through the side That's cage. What I mean. you know what I mean? That's like, what I mean. Imagine like... me turning up, right? <laughs> <laughs> like these boys, right? It's like walking into a saloon bar. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and everything goes quiet. I walked in and, and obviously I'm thinking, well, fuck it, no, I've got to like, I've got to turn it on here. Um, and it's, it's a baptism of fire, isn't it? Like it's quick. You've got, it's You've got to show something immediately. Yeah. Otherwise people are looking at you like, get him out. Get, you can't play. Yeah. Why was this yeah. the arena? What, what, what so, so literally like in the estate, like obviously <clears> where Ledley was, um, I want, I stayed over with Ed once and I said, show me this cage, what's it all about, right? Get me involved. Because you'd heard about it. Yeah, because yeah. obviously he keeps talking about the cage, right? And I'm going, okay, so we get in this cage. It's like a bit of a five-a-side game. Mm. But like there's some top players in there, mm. some very good players. And because uh, it's so tight as well, if you're quick and strong, you can dominate a little bit mm. in there. But then obviously, if you've got added skill to that, which most of the kids had, it's like, before you know it, you get the ball, someone just like bullied you physically minimum. And then all of a sudden, take the ball, try to put it through. Oh, it's just like, if you go in there, you ain't, you ain't clued up and you ain't sharp mm. enough. The game's just going like, but past it, you. It, there was elements, it was like ice hockey as well. You know, yeah. like when it goes into the sides and you know oh, someone's yeah. going to just like get ram smashed. you into the side. You like, played in there as well. Yeah, but yeah everyone Why's did. everyone played in this Well, I've this not been in this certain like, cage, but there's cages. Yeah, cages well, there's oh, right. There's not one cage in London that everyone goes to. But what I'm imagining here, I don't know why I'm imagining sort of some Mighty Duck scenario where there's just this one cage, it's famous, that everyone seems to be going through this one particular area. I just remember Ledley telling me about it and I sampled it and it's you can see why players come out of that kind of environment. Because you've you got a handle as well, not just the football, you've got to handle the banter. Like it's ruthless. So it prepares you to go into a change room, which is a ruthless environment as well. Yeah. Mm. Like you get hammered if you're, if you're not good enough or if someone does a bit of skill on you. Mm. That, that, that could last days in terms of banter, bringing it up. So you've got to be ready. Yeah, especially these days in social media. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but that correlates to you obviously going from one pitch to the, to, to the next with Dixie. Yeah, giving yeah. You a bit of abuse going, well, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah, used you'd to be this. able to handle yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. you do that. And then, so what was it the next steps for you in terms of your next move was that a hard move to make or was it was what, it an easy Leeds? decision yeah do you go to Leeds and then obviously that was 
quite a phenomenal time to. Yeah, it ma- my, my decision was made a lot easier because I loved West Ham. I loved being there. Um, I loved the fans. I had such a great relationship with the fans and still have really. Um, but I was out shopping with my dad and I got a call from the, the um, chief executive at the time. I think it was Peter Story. And he said, listen, we've accepted an offer um, from Leeds. And bearing in mind for the two summers before that, I'd been into the chairman, Tony Brown, and said, who are we buying? We've got all these young players coming through. We've got to be buying. And we, got, we could, like, we finished, we finished eight, four, six or something. We can do better than this. Come on. No, we're not. We're, this is what we are. And then when, he, when they rang me and said, we've accepted the bid, I was gone then. Because at the moment you accept a bid, that means you're, you, you don't really want me there. You've, you want the money. So I thought so you, know you felt what? you were being part of a West Ham that was building, and you were you were actually looking for other players that they were bringing in. Yeah. You were committed. It yeah, yeah, like. no, I was. But the moment that happened, um, record fee as well, by the way. So yeah. West yeah. Ham are doing really yeah. well out of you. Yeah. Boy, for the academy, everyone they, wins. Yeah, I go on to, to to pastures new with a with a, a bigger club a tr- a playing in Europe, which was good, great for my development, and and the club get a, a massive fee. So everyone wins really. So I was happy with that. Did you always have one eye at that point that if you're moving from this club that meant so much to you and it sort of brought you through that stage that the Leeds move was big? Did you have eyes elsewhere at that point? Yeah, or, I did. Yeah, I I honestly said to be in my I was saying my this is like I'm going to go Leeds, but this ain't my final destination. But David O'Leary and Mr. Ridsdale actually said that themselves to me when I was talking to him about mm. going there. Like when I was I was in my agent at the Times uh, flat in London, Mr. Rizzo came and met me and he was talking about it and said, listen, if you do what you're meant to do, you won't be here long. Yeah. We won't be able to keep you. So, And that was already in my mind and I like that, that he wasn't thinking, oh, we're going to keep you and hold you. We'll help you grow and you might end up being... That's a we can sell. Well, that's yeah. when you was building a young, a young team, wasn't it? Young yeah, squad. Great team. Huel, Smith, Bowyer, you, Woody. Woody, yeah. So it was, <clears throat> the majority was destined to go on. Yeah. Great. It was a great bunch. Of, a lot of characters in there. Yeah, as probably, well, right? probably the most enjoyable time of yeah, my career because right. at Man United, it became too much pressure. Not, mm. you know, not too much, but it's more about pressure yeah. Yeah. to win and whatnot. But at Leeds, it was about. West Ham was like, win or lose, have a booze. Mm. If you draw, have some more. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was the motto. That was the motto at West Ham. Wow. And then you go to like to Leeds, like I ain't got to want anything like that. But it was more like, listen, have, have a game, go out. The whole most of the squad go out. Yeah. And we had a lot of Irish boys there who loved yeah, a, loved yeah. a, a, a beer as well. So after every game, we was at Champions League in the city and one club city as well. Yeah. Mm. Like, mate, you get looked after. Powerful. Everything's brilliant. It's, it was amazing. Like the most like carefree, mm. brilliant time on the pitch and off the pitch. You say carefree, but they made you captain there, mm. didn't they? Uh, you, how old would you have been? You would have been twenty two, maybe. 22. Young to be a yeah. captain. Mm. It was. It was. It was the difficult part of it. But the most difficult part is like. It was Lucas Radaby because he was the captain and he's like a mm. cult figure there. Do you know what I mean? Fans' favourite, great player. And he was had a few injuries at that time. And then um, I'd only been there like two or three months and I didn't really know the lads that well yet. And I was getting involved in going out and in the banter and becoming part of the group. But then the man, the, the way Mr. or David O'Leary done it at the time is he just pulled me and Lucas out of the, the physio room, which is before training. That's the hub, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's in there having a laugh, bit of crack, whatever. Mm. And he pulled us out and just told me in the hallway, Lucas, we spoke about it earlier, but Rio, I'm going to make you captain. Um, Did you agree with that decision? Of course I agreed. <laughs> <laughs> of course I agreed, but I just felt so bad. Like, I'm standing next to Lucas and, I'm, oh, and I just looked at Lucas straight away and went, sorry, man. Like, and he went, no, no, no. It was great, to be fair. Well, yeah. He went, Rio, 
it's you, man. Take it on now. It's a new time and blah, blah. I'll be here to support you. And, Fuck, it's and, like the Lion King, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Was I, was like, like, I was like... I was, I, was, I, was, I was looking at David... <laughs> I was looking at David O'Leary as if to say, like, fucking, it could have done it better than this, man. Please, yeah. like... But the hardest part about it was that the parking the next day, because at the training ground there, it was a captain and the manager's parking space next to each other. No, and then everyone else parked elsewhere. You straight in there? No, no. man. <laughs> <laughs> I drove in and I got and I, and I went oh I just went and parked where I normally parked yeah. and all the lads after a few days like a couple of weeks maybe were going and I came in one day and in the end he said listen Rio just park there you got to park there he come and told me Lucas just please park that's there. good from him yeah, yeah it was, it was. It, he could have been so where, he wasn't parking in there no point. he stopped parking there so he it was just stopped, empty so spot just an empty spot yeah. isn't it mad the pressures that like oh. what an odd point of pressure to come yeah. from that that's situation as well yeah yeah, no. yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's good that's quick good. question when you become captain of a, of a football team like that um, do, do you get more money no it's no you don't need money for that type of thing man that's just like the privilege to captain like a I club get that. like that I just like wondered Leeds. if it's like a bit like you know if you get a promotion at work sort of thing if it's no, nah. like that. no, I don't think nah, you would have got a it? It's yeah. just being captain, yeah. The, the thing about being a captain, though, when you get given it like that, it's like, you think to yourself, I've got to change. Like, what do you do yeah. differently? Like, mm. like, do I have to shout more? Do I have to, like, in the change room, I've got to say more? And it takes a little while to kind of understand your role and your position. And Did you change? No, in the end, I've just done what i normally done, to be mm. honest, yeah. And just, mm. like, you play the way you play. Hopefully, that's a, a lot. You talk on the pitches you do anyway. It's just more that like sometimes, I mean, I grew into being more of a captain later on in my career. And when I went to United and you, it's more about talking to each individual rather than talking to a group. Do you know what I mean? Like there's little moments when you're going to speak to a player and or someone needs a bit of confidence or just simple little instructions before a game. Like you sometimes I used to hear people like going, listen, we need you to do this, we need you to do that. I just think to, if someone talked to me like that before a game, I think, shut up, man. Don't yeah. want to hear it. Don't want to hear loads of detail assist goals actually mm. like I want like the little details that someone might just go out and think okay I'm not going to complicate it I'll try to get an assist or a goal today that simple information mm. I find always kind of you get a better response from players mm. Hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., You know, uh, I've been with you, right, working at games now, and we've been to Leeds, right? <laughs> like, what? You get a lot of grief, right? Mate, so, 20, well, how long ago? 20 years ago? Yeah, yeah. Like, Listen, like, I could not believe it. Just, you, have you done no, it? No, right? no, no. So, we done Fulham uh, Leeds, Leeds yeah. right? At, at Craven Cottage, tight ground. We walked past the away end, mm. and it was me and Coley, me yeah. and Joe, behind. And I had my video out, right, videoing him, and I had to stop the video. Because the the abuse that he was getting mm. was off the scale. It weren't yeah. PG. It weren't scale. PG. I, I know. Well, I've been there and I've seen it. Right. So what? What's that all about? <laughs> Man, I thought we were right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I left all right. They got thirty mil transfer record. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, so do, you, do you think the manner in which you left though did it have anything to do with it? Because 
Do you know what someone's told me? Sorry to interrupt. Because he's United. No, uh, I've always thought it was because it was Man United, right? Um, but someone told me who's, who's like a diehard, he's got diehard Leeds fans in his friendship group and in his family. And I, and I said like, what? I don't understand. I knew that he had, he had that connection. I said, what, what, why do the Leeds fans hate me so much? Like, I went to Maynard. Do they hate Adam Smith the same? Mm, I, yeah. I, I don't yeah. think they will. And he said to me, he said, it's because when you talk about your career and everything, you never speak about Leeds. You never say anything like positive about Leeds. And I'm like, if I think back to the interviews I've done, a lot of them have been about my United focus, obviously, yeah. right? Mm. That's where I spent most of my career. And I do talk about West Ham because that's the beginning. But I never, ever shy away from saying that my most enjoyable time in my career was at Leeds. Yeah. Like, I had a great time in terms of no pressure, great lads, great rapport with the fans. But I went to Manchester United, which I, I knew was... A problem. I didn't know it was going to be as big a problem as it was being from London, but that's what I, I, I think the Leeds fans to tell me what the problem is. Really, mm. like, is it because I went to Man United, or is it because I don't speak about them in the in the glowing terms that I might speak about Man United? I don't know. Mm. Is, it, is the story Weird. true about you um, almost having to convince the chairman to release you? Yeah, but. That's There's natural. no bad thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that, I don't like, understand, like, even that. the most staunch Leeds fan, right, when you've sitting here, right, now won everything at Man United, mm. right, had the career you had at Manchester United, like, even the most staunch Leeds fan must, must go, well, well, I understand that now. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the only know. reason I went. I didn't go for money. I didn't go for anything other than I want to win. Yeah. And I thought Man United had a better chance. Bearing in mind the backdrop to that, <clears> me going to Man United as well, that Leeds had to sell me anyway. I knew yeah. that as well. That's one of the reasons why I was so like full fright and I was like sitting outside the uh, the, the chairman's office. You got, I know you've got to sell me because I know people that are in the business or, or used to be who are, are colleagues of your, the people that own this club mm. are selling me financially. You lot are in such a bad place. And in the end, they sold everyone. Mm. So I was going to go anyway. Yeah. What was your initial contact? Because everyone's got that first meeting with their, that, the new manager. And obviously more often than not, the, the meeting with Sir Alex is... Mm. He's driven down five hours to go and see someone in the living room. But what was? Can you remember yours when you yeah. when you first spoke to him? Since it's got a great Mourinho story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everyone's got one though. But I'm yeah. saying, could, like, Sir Alex, What's I could yours? just see yeah. it being something that just. I met him out. at the. I met him at the airport hotel in, in Leeds. Was it a hotel around the corner from Leeds Airport? I think, or was well, it Manchester? Leeds no, Bradford Airport. It might have been in Manchester. One of an airport anyway, hotel. And I went... Like a premiere and I'm like... Yeah, but he had the main like room. That. Don't worry about that. It was, uh, there was the elite room. He was in it, right? And it was like going to see The Godfather. On the way up, my legs had gone yeah. completely. Yeah? And I was walking up and thinking, rah, Alex Ferguson, like... Well, you start thinking about what he means to football. It's like mad. It's like a video starts playing in your head. And it's like these double doors open. There's a corridor in this room and he's just sitting at the end of it. I, he must have staged this. Like to make me feel intimidated, yeah. like, but I walked in and he's obviously like really light hearted and he's like, it's so different to what I imagined him to be. Mm. Welcoming, we want you, but that's made me feel like, listen, we, we need you at our club. I've been in for so and so, I've spoken about this player, big players around at the time, but we want you. And I was like, that's me, man, like, we're gonna win, we're gonna win again, like, because they didn't win the year before, yeah, and like, and I was like, we're primed to win. I want you as part of it. We're going to break the record to buy you. And I was like, oh, I can't <laughs> who, go anywhere. Who are the centre halves there now? So, like, oh, where I'm thinking, I'm thinking, like, right, so who's my competition? 
I didn't see competition. No. I've got to be honest, because like Mikel Silvestre, top player, great pro. Mm. You can see top player Lauren Blanc's on his last legs. Mm. Yeah. It's not the Lauren Blanc when he was 27. Mm. So I knew Lauren Blanc. Lauren Blanc's going to be going. You're going to come maybe play a season with him. Then he's going to go. So and you're breaking a record for me. I'm coming playing. I know that. Mm. So you, I was like, I just wanted to put the shirt on, man. Did Seriously. you say yes in that meeting? In that hotel yeah because I, I wasn't someone to talk about money I didn't like it I, the same when I went Leeds that, that Mr Rizdale was chatting money I said listen with all due respect I don't want to you talk to him about that I want to know that David O'Leary is going to improve me as a player that's it same thing was with um, Sir Alex Ferguson like am I coming to play obviously and we're going to try and win I just wanted to hear what he was saying about coaching me and how the team and the, the environment and all that's what I wanted to know about you know, like when you did, you walk around Old Trafford and like look at the the, the kind of history. Like obviously, when I signed for for Liverpool, obviously a bigger mm. club than Manchester United. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's pissed. He's pissed again. He's got a little ripple. He's got a little ripple. <laughs> he's got a little ripple from the scouts. <laughs> he's smashed. <laughs> oh, but no, genuinely, did you? Did you? Did it hit? <laughs> did it like? Did you think? Oh my god! Like I've, I'm. So, this is a proper club. Yeah, like I didn't go walk around the museum. Liverpool ain't got a museum. But I didn't walk around the museum um, or anything like that. But it was um, you walk, you walk out onto the pitch out of the tunnel at Old Trafford. You know what it's like when you walk out there. The place just opens up, and you just the history just hits you in the face. And yeah, I just was like, it was weird because my mum was in the in the, um, in the Sir Alex Ferguson's office, or was it David Gill, one of their offices, where I was doing all the paperwork to sign. And I remember him saying to my to my mum. Um, is he alright he don't seem that happy and like I was never one to get too excited at the time until I want to get the kit on I want to feel the socks feel like mm. I want to get on the pitch and play games so until and also the paperwork hadn't weren't dry do you mm. know what I mean it wasn't like official yet and so until that goes through my medical's alright yeah I can't be celebrating nothing. If I was your mum, I would have said, have you not seen the suit he's wearing? He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about Make that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make an appearance. Yeah. You know, I went, do you remember the shop, Probito? Uh, oh, yeah. Back yeah. in the day, down, yeah. um, in West End somewhere, I went down there specifically, specially New just Bond to... Street. Yes. New Bond Street. Yeah. 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 Top, the top yeah. of the yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Went in there, yeah, picked that, yeah, that's the one for the, for the walkout. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, wow. Did you ever get by like something for, for to, when you signed? Yeah, like a special, like, well, yeah, I did it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, which ones? Get me signing suits out. <laughs> I had a rack of them. Is that a thing? A signing suit? I, that, I thought um... it was. I thought, listen, I'm going, this is like a massive day for me and my family. Yeah. I ain't going to... Wayne Rooney signed for 30-odd mil as a teenager and coming in some baggy t uh, jumper. <laughs> Disgraceful. He got hammered. Disgraceful. Like, you have to make an effort, man. Like, I mean, when you talk about the godfather, obviously, Sir Alex Ferguson, like, I, I had one where I went to the Audley Edge Hotel and I was at Stoke at the time. And I remember uh, coming, going in there, and apparently on a Sunday he has the same table. I don't know if you know this. Oh, okay. There's the same table in there, and uh, oh, yeah, in all the edge hotel. In all the edge hotel yeah, yeah, on a yeah, Sunday, yeah. is he roast dinner? Yeah. So anyway, I've come in, me and Ab, and uh, he's gone. Um, <laughs> obviously, yeah. Where John? I said, yeah, lovely table by the window there. And uh, anyway, we uh, so we sat down, and uh, and one of the waiters came over and goes, John, this is Alex Ferguson's table. And I was like, what? Seriously? And he goes, uh, yeah, for he's not. He's, I said, he's not coming today, is he? I said, uh, he went, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. And I've seen this car pull up, haven't I? No way. And I've gone, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> He's walked out. I'm sitting, I'm tucking into my roast beef. <laughs> and I'm on his table. And I went, oh, no. And I, and I said to Ab, and she's going, what are you talking about? Like, Don't be so ridiculous. So I've made her pick up the roast dinner. And move. And, and move. Wow. And sat 
on the other table over there and like I didn't even tell the waiters or anything I'm just on a different table now and anyway he's walked in he is none the wiser goes and sits down at, but like that's the kind of respect yeah, yeah, that no. you, I think wow. you have to have even yeah, that's powerful. you know I never played for him but mm. this is so exposed it's like when I first I ever met him as a West Ham player in the car park at West Ham after a game they might they beat us probably and I'm walking to go to my car and he's walking towards me and I just was like I couldn't get my words out I didn't know what to call him sir Alex, boss, mm. I end up calling him gaffer. He's not even my gaffer. Weren't even my boss. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't even my gaffer. Harry Redknapp would have been devastated. <laughs> like, I called him gaffer and I was like, oh, I just oh, shook his hand and just walked off and thought, fuck, what, what'd you do? That's yeah. the, the amount yeah. of like, he's, you, you're in awe a little bit about around him. Yeah, so you've done it. So when you, so you signed, right, and then you're there, and did you sort of keep that relationship that you had from when you signed? You felt that, or did it change when you were in the team to something a bit more distant? Yeah, that 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 warm, like um, welcoming character after your first couple of days at the club disintegrates because really? it's just totally serious, man. He's like, he, he still likes a little laugh around a training ground, and he'll, he'll he'll say something about your shoes or your your gear, what you got on, or your haircut or something like that. But then once you get on a training pitch or match day different animal like just a ruthless guy like would would rip your head off so was the first bollocking a bit harder to take because you'd had this brilliant experience no my first bollocking was uh west from away and i remember obviously trying to live up to the price tag and trying to spray the ball about a little <laughs> when i uh, when i don't need to just forcing the game as you do and i got the ball got cut out from my pet tried to play a right to left ball we got cut out and they almost went in and, and, and had a shot tried to do it again to make up for the last one I missed. And Jason Kumas got it and running. I don't know if he scored or he hit the bar or something. And I remember half-time, there weren't even a half-time talk. It was just about, he just volleyed me. He said, I don't know who you think you are. You've got to fucking do this and that. You're a centre-half, be a centre-half. Don't think you're fucking spraying the ball over the gaff. You've almost given give them two goals, like, but I've, I've watered that down. So he was like a lunatic. So you sit there and you well, think that, and you're shitting yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like you are sitting there going, "Fucking like anywhere else, there's no geezer just talking to you like that, and you're just going to suffer it." Mm. But here, you're looking around like for a little bit of like reinforcement from your teammates, and they're all their heads are down like yeah, that, yeah. like big players. Wow. wow. I was on holiday a couple of years ago and uh, got talking to Teddy. And when you're with players, you never want to talk about football, but I had to ask him literally about United at the time. And I was like, listen, what was it like there? And he just said he used to come in most days and just sit there and they just look at whether it was going to be Scholes or Giggsy and they would just go, that was good, that one, it? Like, he's like the standard was so good and mm. just so like on it. They, they would just mm. come in and not a word would be said because it, like they said the players drove it, like drove yeah, training yeah. itself. But they'd look there and just go, that was good that he, 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 the manager I don't know about your clubs where you played but the manager never come in the change room no. I think he come in there about four times probably and one of those was to say that he was leaving because he just let us yeah. run, it. run it all yeah. the time like standards punctuality whatever in the change mm. room it was just it was us but yeah Ted, Teddy's right 100% I, I came after Teddy but the standard of training every day there was no, weren't many days when the standard dropped off like five ten percent it was like a ridiculous standard every day mm. and like the winning and losing in training mm. was one of the big things if yeah. you if you if you were losing or you lost in training the arguments the hammering of the coach who was refing the game or whatever mm. was a was a joke off the scale mm. yeah you're always quite aggressive with the uh, <laughs> yeah. with the referees in training weren't you? yeah I could, sammy, sammy lee took sammy a bit, lee. <laughs> sammy lee you got midget. It. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, well. sammy lee got Your ginger it. rat <laughs> 
Sorry, Sid. Sorry, Sid. Oh, my sorry. God. Uh, Sid, what's he calling you there? <laughs> I'll be a gerbil. I'll, I'll be a gerbil. We will only edit. We will only edit. But nah, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't contain myself yeah, in, in training. But it was aggressive, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. What did you make of the your England career? Like, how many caps did you get? 81, I think I got. 81. It's a lot of caps, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, you, you, should have been more. You think? Well, obviously, yeah. you had, you I got done banned that knee. time. I got banned and I've done my knee in the World Cup. But I should have got 100, really. But it was um, yeah, a good career with England in terms of numbers, but we just never achieved what we should have. Mm. What did you make of that kind of, like, that whole band thing? It was a joke. I've got like, to be honest. I deserved, I deserved to be punished, 100%. You can't forget a jogs test and think you're going to get away with it. I never, ever thought that I should be walking out scot-free. But the, the, the problem is, is when there's a precedent set before your your case, you expected to go quite similar to the case before. Mm. That was that everything more or less was identical with the way that a Man City player it had happened to, but mm. he wasn't somebody who had gone for a transfer record or City at a time so, or a small club. Do you think they made potentially made example of you? Yeah, hundred percent. That's why I felt bitter towards the mm. FA. Do you still think there's some people out there that might doubt why you did that? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'd be one of them if it was the other way around. I'd be saying mm. there's no smoke without fire, surely. Mm. I'll be saying that, but... What happened? Did you just miss it? Yeah, I went to... Um, so the drug test, back in the day, it used to work, and it changed after my case, really, but it used to work where a drug, the drugs um, tested would come into the training ground and they'd go, right, we're testing these four players, and they'd come out during the training session mm. and they'd go, right, you're going to be, t you're going to drug test, you're going to... and so on. And they'll go, right, we're going to be in said room when you come in there, when you're ready, when you're getting changed, before you go home, come in there and do, do your, give us your sample. So you, after a training session, you could be in a training ground for like two, three hours, couldn't mm -hmm. you? Messing about lunch, stretching, gym session, banter or whatever, massages. So I was, I was messing about, but I had to go for lunch with Al Berkovic. I'd organise, he was at City at the time. Um, so I finished training, messed about in a training ground and then got in the shower and went out of training ground, went to, to Selfridges actually for lunch with Al Berkovic. So I'm sitting there, my phone's on the table, sitting there having a chat, whatever. And just as my main meal's come, I've, I don't know why, I looked at my phone and I've got like 25, 30 missed calls or whatever, text messages coming out at my ear rolls. Looked at it, all of them are from the doc. So I'm like, all right, doc, you right? He went, no, he said, um, what did he say? He said, um, where are you? I said, oh, I'm in Selfridges having a lunch. He went, you didn't do your drug test. I went, no, oh, fucking hell. I said, I'll come back. I'll, be, I'll, I'll come back in a little bit. I said, Let me finish my dinner and I'll come back on my lunch. I'll come back. He went, no, no, they've left. I said, well, I'll do it tomorrow then. That's how I kind of like, mm. I didn't think it was a big mm. thing like that. Never, never heard of this. So that's how little I kind of thought about mm. it. And then he's gone, no, no. He, I said, could I be in trouble? Am I going to get in trouble the way you sound there, um, Doc? And he went, well, I don't know, but you, you could be in trouble. Yeah, you could get banned maybe. Well, well, straight away, literally yeah. on that yeah, call. I, yeah, I went, fuck off, Doc. He went, no, no. I said, I don't think you will, but there's a chance. I don't know. So I went, give me the numbers of the, of the doctors and I'll ring them and I'll say to them, stop where you are. They're only like five minutes away. Yeah. So I'm ringing all these doctors that have been in the training ground. None of them answer their phone. So I, I ring the FA. I ring the, the I ring people like Michelle Farrow and people mm -hmm. like that to give me the relevant numbers. Yeah, you're available. You're yeah, saying, yeah. I'm, I'm saying I'll come go. back. I can come back. I'm here. Yeah. Like, I'm only in Selfridge, just 15, 20 minutes away from the training ground. I ain't, I'm not hiding. Yeah. So I was ringing all these relevant, even the anti-doping people, I'm ringing them, right? So I get hold of someone from the anti-doping people and they go, nah, the person's left, they're not coming back. So I was like, right, 
So I thought the fact that I've been very open and I'm here, I can come back when you need me to. I thought that'll be That's able to I'll say cool. something. Yes, like, yes. I'll be fine. Then all of a sudden, like it starts snowballing. Like everyone's like, like the, at the club going, "No, this is serious." And then all of a sudden, the England squad was announced, wasn't it? And they said, "Like we can't let you come to the England squad." No. And I was like, Sir Alex Ferguson and David Gill, they both drove with me down to the chief executive uh, of England at the time to his house, David Davis, to argue, what the hell are you thinking about? This kid's innocent. He's tried to bring everyone. So Fergie was backing you up. Yeah, and he said, like, you, he, he should, you, you, the fact that you're not going to pick him to play means that you're making him guilty before yeah. he's been in court. Mm. And that's what he weren't happy with. He said, whether you think he's done it or not, you're going to judge him. You're judging him before. And the, the press will take that. The fans will take that. And the public will. So he's going to be killed in the, in the media. So they were, they were, I was in one room. They were all in the other room. I could hear them arguing. Fergie and, and uh, David Gill shouting the odds for me. I couldn't believe it, right? And I come out and they said, we can't change their mind. That's what we're going to do. And the England squad, I don't know if he was in the England squad at the mm. time. They, they, what year was this? Really? I can't remember. But they, 2001 was oh, it, yeah? yeah no, it was before so me. they was, uh, the England squad, led by Gary Neville actually, were going to decline to play. And I said, listen, they rang me. And Butty rang me or someone, Kieran Dyer, they rang me and said, listen, we voted that we're going to, I said, listen, you can't do that, man. Not for me. Don't do that for me. I don't want that on my shoulders. Go and play. It's fine. Just leave me and I'll get on this on my own. So that happened. And that was basically then that was it. I was guilty to everybody else. Mm. But when I, obviously they were going to take me to court and then I had to go on, I was charged with it. You obviously, your, 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 your lawyers and your briefs start doing a bit of research and digging and whatnot. And they found a case that a City player had done identically what I'd done. But the only thing he hadn't done, he hadn't chased... Yeah. the anti-doping people, the FA, yeah. the club, etc., to say that he's available. He just went missing. That was the only difference. Missed it, went to the airport, picked up his missus and kids, and then went home, then done it another, about a few days later. He he got like a fine of about 50 grand, and I don't think he even got a ban, or he got, I don't even, I don't even think he got a ban, right? A 50 grand fine. I got a 250 grand fine, and I got an eight-month ban. And I was like, wow, how can it be so different? That's the only bitterness that mm. I have is that why is my case so much different from that guy there who's yeah. done exactly the same as me? And I actually done more. And you, actually, you by tried the way, to rectify it at the time. That's what I don't. Yeah. And you know, one of the biggest things I've done, which is why, which is, which hurt as well. I actually grew, that's why I ended up getting braids. I grew my hair because I'd found out someone reached out to me from the army that said, listen, you can, you can free yourself from this and prove that you weren't under any influence of any drugs by doing a hair follicle test. So when you go in the army, so you have you to have a, cut your yeah. hair. Yeah, you've got to let your hair grow to about like a couple of inches and then you, you take your sample. hair off and they take a sample from that. And that's and why you, you grew it out. Yeah, and you got, but that goes back something like nine to 12 months or something like that to see how much that, that, that window there would have covered the time <laughs> when I missed a drug test. I so I've done that yeah. and you put that in the court and you put it as your case and still they just palmed it to the side and I was thinking, well, you don't, you, you want to make a real example yeah. of me. That's that. And I just, that's how I felt to kind of victimise a little bit. But yeah. I knew I needed to be kind of punished. Mm. But when you've got a case there sitting there that's like yours, you think, okay, I, I was going into this thinking that I'm going to get what he's got mm. or a bit more maybe. Yeah. Not eight months. So that's a big shock, especially because you're playing for England at the time, right? And let's yeah. be honest, the FA are in charge of England as, yeah. at, at that oh, time, yeah. the punishments. So and it's the it, knock-ons. I mean, as you were saying, that potentially means that you didn't reach, say, a hundred appearances yeah. and that. And and 
okay, that's a minor thing in, in grand scheme of things, but it's still a nice thing that mm-hmm. would be nice for you to but be. Also, as well, at least, at least we've cleaned up while you had the braids because I couldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's true, it's true. It's true. I, don't know, I don't know why Bex was doing it. You know what I mean? You've got something to tell us. Oh. But so you're the sole reason why they changed the whole drug testing where they come Yeah, so after that, they yeah, come they in Yeah, they, they, well, they're basically, basically called cock yeah, watchers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They basically handcuff themselves to you. I've heard about it. And this. they watch you having a piss. I've heard about it. In all this. honesty, it's, it, it's, uh, it's always been a ball ache, right? Yeah. So that, that, especially in that time before, you know, your band really woke everyone up and went, fuck, these are serious. Mm. But before that... <laughs> No, no, seriously, yeah. no, because before that it was it was very much like, oh, these are a pain in the ass. No yeah. one's like because no one's taking drugs, no one's mm. you know, no one's doing any of that. And we all know it, you know. So it's just that they come in and you go, oh, they're just fucking oh, it's me. I've got mm. to wait here all afternoon. You can see it marching the, across the training yeah. ground, yeah. can't you, all the way to the, the pitch and you're jobs worth. Jobs worth. But is it like a stag do where you'd be tied up to someone, but that so would, yeah, you, like, they, would, you, would you, you like take everywhere. them? Now everywhere. they follow you everywhere. Literally. So you'd go, like, Lunch. you'd be attached to this fellow, everywhere. running around, like, let them chase no, you. Not, no, no, but once the session go finishes, for a piss. you're going to the toilet with them, you're going for lunch, you're going to the gym, they wherever you, you went, yeah. Yeah, wherever, everywhere. Yeah. You know why? It's a little bit like a parking attendant, you know, like yeah, yeah, a parking yeah, 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 yeah. attendant or... I don't know, I kind of believe in any career, as long as you do it with passion and to your best, that's good. So if you wanted to always be a parking attendant, you become one, you mm. get the uniform. It's like you putting on your kits for the first time. I think fair play, you know, if you want to... Be a referee, you'd be a referee yeah. if you want to be um, not a parking attendant. No, do you know what I mean? no, no, you, you, not a career for you in no. another life. No. no, you look like a drugs tester. <laughs> <laughs> you just need a clipboard, you'd be all right. Yeah, yeah, barbecues, this <laughs> fella, all the time. I love my barbecues. Yeah, yeah I'm well into it. Barbecues, not so BBQC. much. BBQC, uh, yeah, I would say most ticket inspectors look parched to me as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they, they seem on the parch side, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, well it's just, it's, it, you know what? Like, they've got a job to do, and like, we got to respect that. But mm. at, the, at that time, especially, it was it was seen as a as a ball. Like, do you know what I think they could do to help that whole industry? Is just make it a bit more fun. Like, if they if you got a yellow card and then a red card, right? I think people would play the game a bit if there was a mm. bit more of a game in the whole yeah. thing. Do you know what I mean? It's it's when it's it's when you're just like, oh fuck, I'm only two minutes. Do you know what I mean? It's, well, it's, well, it's when two, but if it was a bit more fun, thing. if it was a bit like you got a yellow, <laughs> and then it's like, sorry, do they get three strikes? And then you get fined for a yeah, red. Do, do the whereabouts and all that. Oh, you get yeah, three yeah, strikes. Yeah. They brought that in. You had to text the whereabouts and all that because yeah, they, yeah. they could come to your house. So you have to give drug inspectors or parking. No, targets. yeah, drug. We're going oh, back sorry. onto drugs. Oh, sorry, we're back on drugs. Like, oh, inspectors. Are you on inspectors? I was still on inspectors. Oh, yeah, no, I, I don't know what the fuck they breed them. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the the, uh, the the whereabouts. They yeah. they I I um, had a funeral on a Friday, yeah. and you have to let you know let yeah. them know where you, if you're not going to be in, and I got nominated to do the drug test on the Friday. But I wasn't there. But we had a, we had an away game at Portsmouth on the Saturday, so I met at the hotel when I was at Villa, and they come to my hotel room. They yeah. knocked on my hotel room, and we was, we used to play cards, and and we we're playing cards. There's me, I think Glenn Little, yeah. a few of the boys all playing cards, and then we just got this drug, <laughs> this well, drugs officer sitting. You're just carrying on playing cards. He's in, he's in, he's was, in he in, was he putting in? <laughs> <laughs> he's in our hotel room, just like in the corner, just watching us. So we're just having a little bit of. Did a you used to have big card schools? Remember England one, England yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, they big, weren't they? they? Pretty big. Yeah, yeah. they weren't as big as yours. <laughs> I don't yeah, think they was on your cat. Just like <laughs> <laughs> before me, I think it was the Keegan era was the big one, wasn't it? But was, was that right? Was it? They played big, but but money wise, the it was like our era played big. Like yeah, it wasn't. Kieran wasn't, Dyer wasn't and the boys. 
Pay a lot of money, man. Yeah, I was involved in a few. David James. Yeah, them boys from Bay Hardcore. <laughs> Every single moment of like downtime is like, who's room? Uh, Straight away. Well, I remember, I remember Michael Owen like in 2006, like the World Cup, uh, obviously being away. <laughs> I just sort of got in with, with Mo a little bit there. There was a lot of gambling. Well, there's, there's loads. He used to walk into training with a racing post under his arm. Everyone else had a wash bag. He had the racing post. It was unbelievable. <laughs> That's kind of on form for him though, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. But Diddy Amand is the same. So obviously Diddy was his mate as well. So uh, Diddy Amand was at Liverpool. Same thing. Like, this fella's fella German. He's got a racing yeah. post under his arm every, every morning. <laughs> Loved it. I have to say, I'm enjoying this so much. I think we all are. I think we've got two episodes in this. Um, this is end of part one. Tune in next week for part two. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.